Hi there, it's Mo. And Chip. And Mikey. And we're the hosts of the Deep Dark Truth Podcast. An allegedly hilarious podcast that dives into your favorite conspiracies, mysteries, and bizarre true crimes. It's like Reddit for your ears. Wait, what's Reddit? Okay, boomer. We investigate cases like proven conspiracies, rituals, and the cryptid dating scene. Because local cryptids want to meet you. Call me Bigfoot. Tip line 313-355-3411. Listeners can also submit their own stories and might find themselves featured on future episodes. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast you're listening to right now. And keep searching for the the deep, dark dark truth. truth. I hate when you do that. Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Kelly. And you're listening to ODFM. This episode is one disappearance from murder. So this story is the story of Amy Bechtel. And some people call her Amy Roe Bechtel because her maiden name was Roe. And I don't know if she went by that as well. But Hmm. yeah, I think she was pretty newly married too at the time that this happened. So her husband- More sad. Right. I know. She was very young. So this is another one in Wyoming, since I'm very familiar with Wyoming. So my cousin, who is on our Facebook page and often talks on there, Stacy. Hi! Hi, Hi Stacy! This is about a friend of hers, or a guy she knew at least in high school, in Casper. So his name was Steve Bechtel. And she was in the same class as him and everything. So she knew him, and she said he was very quiet, very kind studious dude smart Mm -hmm. 24 year old amy rowe and steve bechtel they were married in 1996 so this was a while ago they were avid fitness enthusiasts she was a big runner and he was big into climbing so they moved to lander wyoming which is known for its big rugged mountain train perfect training ground for both of them for her to be running and him to be climbing They had recently bought a home of their own, and they planned to move in sometime during late July of 1997. And Amy was such a strong distance runner, she had aspirations for qualifying for the 2000 Olympics. Dang. I know. She was really, really good. So that was what she was training for. I know. Again, would have very little to talk to them about. (laughs) Be like, good job. You're amazing. Yeah. So you're running and no one's chasing you? Huh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Why are you running? Again? It's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you look amazing. So she probably did. Yeah. She did. She's very cute. I'll have to put pictures up of her. At 9:30 a.m. on July 24th, Steve left to go climbing, rock climbing, not just any climbing, rock climbing, with a friend. While Amy left to teach a fitness class. And Steve's plan for that day was to drive with his yellow lab named Jones. J-O-N-Z, I know, to Dubois, and I have to say, this is how you pronounce it, In it's a French word, and normally it would be Dubois, but in Wyoming, it's Dubois, and this is a town. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to let that go. Town in Wyoming. Um, Just going to let that go. I know, Dubois. It's 75 miles north of Lander, where they live. And he went to go there to meet his friend, Sam Leitner, and scout some possible new rock climbing routes. You look for- Right. You can't, you can't keep climbing the same rock. You no, need like a new boring. rock. You need some, oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Chal- you need to be challenged, I would assume. Yeah. I have yes. no idea. You need to go to towns that are spelled French and pronounced wrong. Amy had a long list of errands that day. She needed to call the cell phone company 
get the gas turned on and buy home insurance. So she had a lot to get done. How come she had to do all that stuff and he gets to go play? He gets to go play. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I have issue with that. I do too. Women's lib has been around a while. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Jeez. What's up with that? So she called the phone company. Right. So (laughs) she calls the Cameron Connection photo store. So the the name of it is called Cameron Connection at 2.30 p.m. after teaching her class. And then she stops by Gallery 331 which is, I think, connected to the uh, camera shop. And her conversation is with the owner, Greg Wagner, who was the last confirmed person to see her before she disappears. I know. After leaving the Photoshop, and apparently I had read a little bit where some of her photos that she had taken were in the gallery. So she must have been really good at photography too. So I'm not sure if she sold them or, yeah, what she was doing, but she was talking with him about it. This girl had lots going for her. She did. She was talented. So after leaving the Photoshop, she drove to the area near Shoshone National Forest to map out the course of the 10K run she was organizing with the local gym. So she's, I know. <laughs> cannot girl, relate to this woman. I yeah, cannot she, relate to this woman. She is involved. She's got it. She, I mean, and she's what, 24? I was barely, I hadn't even moved to Chicago at that point. I was like, what? I'm in college still. <laughs> I'm like in my fifth year of college. Yeah. Oh my God. I was using my debit card, hoping there was enough money to buy groceries mm-hmm. that wasn't just pizza. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Those girls on it. <laughs> Can I get some pizza? Actually, mine would probably have been sent on that. Remember that drink that came out? It was early 90s. It was Zima. Zima. Oh, yes, I remember Zima. Yes. It was like I mean, no, I didn't seltzers. drink that. I don't no. know what you're talking about. It's like the seltzers of today, but it yes. was a big deal back then. Yeah. That was what I saved money for. So <laughs> this, was your, this was your big purchase. <laughs> that was my... That was I got to save my pennies for some Zima. <laughs> I'm getting some Zima for my tiny dorm fridge. <laughs> oh, goals. So when Steve returned from his all-day rock climbing trip at 4.30 p.m., Amy still wasn't home and they were Well, yeah, she had all that crap to do. I know she had a she a had a laundry list of, of things. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, where are you woman? Yeah. yeah. No. Right. So, but they weren't in the habit of leaving notes about their whereabouts because you know, they're independent people. And anyway, Steve had returned earlier than he planned. So he wasn't alarmed. He wasn't worried yet. But then at 8 15 PM, he visits his neighbors, Todd and Amy Skinner, who are making dinner. And he tells them that she's still not home, but he's still not too concerned, thinking, okay, maybe she's still out planning the marathon or something. But at 10 p.m., he calls her parents to see if perhaps Amy had driven there in the spur of the moment. I can't remember. They live in a different town. So that was kind of like a long stretch to be doing, but. But he's getting pretty desperate now. Yeah. He's like hmm. starting to pick at straws. Like, eh, is there I mean, else? I gave her a bunch of things to do, but she should have been done by now. You know, I, I mean, think, I think God. she could have been done by now, but you know, he, they asked him if anything was wrong. Steve, who later said that he was starting to worry at this point, replied with casual white lie, which was no, he thought, yeah, I don't want to worry them or whatever, you know? Right. So, right. Okay. But then at 11 PM, when the Skinners returned from the movie, so this is the neighbors. Okay. Um, he came to them and said that she still hadn't returned. So by this time, he had already called the um, Fremont County Sheriff's Office and they sent two deputies to the house, which is awesome. Like, 
they didn't do that 48 hours thing like oh call right. us back so wow. um, yeah, yeah and I'm kind they, of surprised actually me too I was impressed they also alerted their night shift and began to organize a search and rescue team to head out at daybreak I know wow. they were on it already meanwhile the neighbors the Skinners drove along several roads where they believed Amy would have been jogging so they left Steve at home in case she came back and in case she okay. called or something and they went to go look where she usually went jogging because this is pre-cell phone like people didn't is, really yeah. have yeah and I don't think she would have carried it with her if she was out running but who knows where she went jogging all the time was known locally as the Loop Road. It's a 30-mile affair going through the Shoshone National Forest. And I mean, I saw photos of this, and I'll put it up on our Facebook and stuff. But it's it's it goes up high. I mean, it's like a big trail. It's not this, ugh, you know, okay, not, not an easy place to go running. So it goes up into a forest and around. Oh, boy. Okay. A big loop. Let's see. At around 1 a.m., after driving on Loop Road for about an hour, the Skinners found her white Toyota station wagon. This is Amy's. Oh. They searched the area but found no trace of her, and there was no sign of a struggle inside or beside her car. By morning, the search had expanded dramatically. So I think they stayed there the whole night trying to, like, find her, calling out oh, for her. God. Steve went up there, and they were all trying to find her. Nothing. The search began with just Steve and two dozen of his friends, but later that day there were ATVs, dogs, dirt bikes, and over 100 volunteers looking for any sign of her. Oh my gosh. So I know, it was crazy. What I was reading is getting lost or injured near Lander is like having your house catch fire next to a fire station because there's scores of rescuers and they're fit and they're mountain-wise and they live within rifle shot of City Hall. So it's like wow, the conglomerate of fitness people and rescuers and this town is so like, if you're if you're gonna go missing this is where you would you would yes. think you'd want to go but obviously would we wouldn't be talking about this if right. it had gone well yes exactly oh okay yeah so her disappearance prompted an all-out response she should have been found like the amount of people they had out there and as quickly as they did chances were she'd be found if she were able to be so the next day. Yeah. I mean, cause she hadn't even been gone for very long. Like they started yeah. looking for her right away. It was the same day. Yeah. I mean, even during <clears throat> that same night, they were out there with their flashlights, Steve and his neighbors. And it wasn't like, you know, they found her car right away. So they should have found something. Okay. You know, sad. The next day, horses and helicopters joined in. And by the third day, the search area had been expanded to a 30 mile radius. So I yeah. don't know if they were thinking like maybe she had gotten lost in the mountains and everything, but she was okay. pretty, I mean, she grew up in Wyoming and she was very mountain smart and knew, you know, if you're getting lost. She'd probably been go. around this trail. She probably didn't like, you know, stray from the trail right. too often. She probably knew better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't think there was any sign of an animal that had taken her since you would have seen something, you know, blood or shoes. I think or so. What kind of... What kind of animals are we talking about that she would have run into out there? Because here we're talking like coyotes and raccoons. So I'm just, <laughs> you know, it's not really. That, but I'm that fight there, might be over quick. Yeah, right. out there it would be. <laughs> out there it would be mountain lions and bears. So yeah, big ones, not little. Okay, that's a bigger. That's a bigger issue. Yeah, you know, the I, mountain. I don't. Lions. I don't run, but I could. Pro I could probably outrun a raccoon if I had to. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, but mountain lion, they kind of see you in there yeah. like, oh, you're running. Let me come get yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just make myself look tastier. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. I'll have to tell you my mountain lion story sometime. Okay. So, okay. uh, Let's see. Only one clue was found. It was a footprint similar to her sneaker and it was found on Loop Road, but it was lost before police could retrieve it because so many people went up to search right away. Oh, okay. I was like, how could it be lost? I know, I know. Somebody had did not understand it. what you said. I was right. like, how do you lose it? Well, it well, was right here. <laughs> it, it was, it just went away. Ghost, <laughs> ghost print. I okay. think it was because, okay. you know, like, it would probably be been seen initially and someone noted it and then all these other people came walking along and yeah, kind of ruined And somebody it. wasn't like, yo, don't step right here. Yeah. yeah so okay. they probably, you know, yeah. accidents happen. It does, you know. but, oh, it had to be heartbreaking. But yeah. it took oh, until a week after Amy's car was found for the area around it to be declared a crime scene. So anything. What? Yeah. So they. Didn't, so that whole time. Mm-hmm. They have all those people out there, but they're not being, like, they're just trumping through trying to find things. No one's being right. careful. No one's saving anything. Everyone's just like, let's find her. And, yeah. Oh God. I think their assumption is she's lost and we need to get to her right away before it gets too cold at night, basically. So I don't think oh, they're worried about God. it being an actual crime or even had that thought that it could have been, you know? Right. Now she, she's just lost. She's yeah. just. Okay. Yeah, because at first they think she's just injured in the forest, like she'd been run over on the road, like somebody had hit her, maybe. Oh, God. And then, yeah. You know, or attacked by a bear or mountain lion, like I had said. But they did find her sunglasses, her to-do list, because it was long, you know. <laughs> was it, and, did anyone check to see if anything had been crossed out? Or was it I still to be done? Or did she no, still need more. to do it all? And the, her car keys were on the seat of her car, even. Oh. And only her wallet was missing, which is weird. But, you know, like I can imagine when, I know. So when I was young and not worried about things in Montana, I would often leave my keys in my car and stuff while I went hiking so that it'd be there. So I didn't lose it on the trail or something. Because if you lose it Oh, so you didn't lose your keys. But I guess it's good to have identification on you in case something did happen to you and you were unconscious and then people could be like. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. So that could have been why. You know, with all of my experience with the hiking in the mountains and all that. whatever um I, I mean I would think you should probably have some kind of ID on you but yeah that I get you point. wouldn't want to have your keys get lost yes I get that okay yeah I remember that being my biggest worry is like if I ever drop my keys in the river as I'm crossing a river there'd be no way to get back out of the mountains so I would always know you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. totally screwed so <laughs> so that's the thought I had when I heard that her keys were there it wasn't like oh okay you know scary type of thing I so that didn't like, sound weird to you that sounded right. like yeah that sounds about like, right yeah, like she went running. And she took her ID. Okay. Right. Said it was. But you, you'd think she would take her sunglasses, no? Right. Yeah. The sunglasses was kind of weird. Let's see. It was believed that foul play was involved in her disappearance, I guess, because of that afterwards. But this was after that week. So after eight days. Oh, because of the sunglasses? <laughs> no, it came in a bit. No. Okay. <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't know. I think because they just didn't find any evidence of her, her anywhere. So they were like, okay, she. That was a little too suspicious. Like, you'd yeah. see something. Something you'd had think. to have happened. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it took eight days, but they finally called the search off after eight days. So they searched their asses Ooh. off. But soon, Steve, her husband, was investigated as a suspect in the case. Because they always have to check yeah. the boyfriend, the husband, the significant other. Almost always the someone close <clears throat> mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was questioned extensively, but he denied any involvement. I mean, so extensively that I remember my mom, my mom can remember 
like everyone kind of thinking like, okay, you need to lay off this guy. Cause it was so bad. They weren't wow. at other options. Their home was searched and several suspicious journals were found that belonged to Steve. And they included song lyrics and writings about power, death, and killing. So they, Yikes. yeah, it seemed really weird and everything. But then when you go, when they go and ask him about it and everything, and I watched a, um, was it a disappeared? It might've been a disappeared episode of this. And he was like, oh my God, those were from high school. Those are before I ever even met Amy. These were notebooks of music I wrote. Oh God. Yeah. He was just in like a death metal band. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. And okay. uh, they didn't yeah. even meet until college. So it was way before he had ever met her. So. And now he's really embarrassed because he's like, dude, I wrote that when I was 16 and I sucked at lyrics. <laughs> and I'm like horrified now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, you know, all those things that you keep that you don't think about that later I feel like on. I should go through my stuff just in case. Like, I feel like, <laughs> like I should just probably get rid of my like, diaries, journals. It's, yeah. It's not necessarily incriminating, just. No. But it could be sad and embarrassing. Totally. <laughs> sad and <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> I don't want this to be found when I'm dead. Exactly. Yeah. But questions remained whether Steve had an opportunity during the day to get to Shoshone and carry out the crime despite the distance from Dubois. So, you know, he was in a whole different town. Yeah. And they were thinking maybe he could have gotten to the Shoshone National Forest during that time. But, you know, he was home early at 4.30. And he had his, he met his friend there, right? right? He had an alibi. He had his friend there. Yeah. So it just seems like it, he wouldn't have had the they're, time, but they kept they're saying, They're barking oh, up the wrong tree. They are. But they kept saying, oh, but your friend would vouch for you. Of course your friend would cover up for you and all this kind of stuff. The cops pull a ruse they often use to elicit confessions. And I'm sure you've heard about this with all our crime shows we watch. My extensive knowledge. Of, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, they tell Steve that they have evidence that ties him directly to her disappearance. I have heard of this technique, yes. Yes. <laughs> and Steve was so floored, and he felt like they're trying to pin something on him. Because, I mean, it was like, you know, how they're always doing those eight to ten hour interviews. And they're pushing, Oh, my God, yeah. They're in there for hours and hours and in a tiny little room. And yeah. And he's like, they're going to pin this on me. So he asks for a lawyer. And his lawyer who is on the show and he testifies to this and everything. He tells, the lawyer says he tells all his clients never to take lie detector tests because they're inaccurate. They can't be used in court. And they come in at about one thirty of the time as a false positive. So he's like, yeah. all it can do is hurt you, you know? Yeah. I've heard all kinds of, yeah. Yeah. So all kinds of stuff about how inaccurate they are, or it depends on right. the person who's, Take it was giving the test, administering the test. Absolutely, yeah, it's and so subjective, and so right. He felt that if Steve fell into that one third of the people that get the false positive, he'd get blamed for it and jailed, and they wouldn't ever really look for who who really took Amy or whatever really happened, or and so right. he didn't do it, and the family was super pissed. Her family. Well, right, because they're not thinking of it from, they probably haven't done the research that we've done. Oh, right. You know, they haven't and so they don't know. They're the just hours. doing the whole, well, if he was, if he was innocent, he would take he would one, right? Take yeah. Right. But any lawyer <sighs> can tell you not to. So Amy's brother, Nell, he remembered that she had a suspicious bruise on her arm a few weeks before her disappearance. And mm -hmm. she said that it was because Steve would get a little rough sometimes and she kind of laughed it off and didn't act as if it was serious. So Nell 
took it that she was being abused. Oh. Or maybe it's Nels. Nels? No. It's one of those. Might have been Nels. Anyway, he was especially... (laughs) (laughs) Poor Nels. Sorry, good Poor guy. Is it like short for like Nelson? Maybe. No. But then it could be Nell or Nels. Mm. I've heard both. So she said sometimes he could get a little rough like that's how he said it like yeah and well, then you know, she kind of sometimes he could get about a little it. rough <laughs> yeah like, and she kind of laughed about it like is that sexual or is that right what does that like, mean like playful or maybe that is what she meant and she didn't want to talk to her brother right. about that because like, yeah <laughs> yeah right. so yeah gross and that was his only kind of instance that he gave that, that i don't think gave. that's enough of a thing no, and to if make a, she's like me, I bruise when I like touch a wall. So oh, dude, same here. <laughs> like I have, I have, a, I have a bruise on my thigh right now, and I have, I, I no could not clue. tell you, Mm-mm. but it looks like something that I should remember. Right, <laughs> I should remember I getting that. My husband's always noticing things like that. Like Jesus, where'd you get that? And I look down at it, <laughs> like I've been beaten by a. I know, right? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. I touched my leg, probably. Right, exactly. <laughs> Ridiculous. And so, but um, Nels, or Nell, he was especially angry at Steve's reluctance. <laughs> Poor Nels. He was especially angry at Steve's reluctance to take the polygraph test and cooperate fully with investigators. So, Amy's sister. Well, he did cooperate. Yeah, he tried. He, he was out there searching. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he sat in there and he got interrogated for hours yeah you know I think but, he was trying what any sane person would do and when he felt like okay this is going to a point where this, yeah they're looking at just me and they're not doing anything else I'm shutting down the family was so upset that they appeared on dun 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 the Geraldo Rivera show <laughs> Geraldo uh, he solves oh, it all oh boy well you know I mean oh. Yeah. If you need to go and get interviewed and get this, uh, take the country, of, yeah, to back you on this and and know your story. I mean, Geraldo. Yeah, Geraldo's the way to go. Right? I mean, but I get it. They're trying to like, find that's like pre Nancy Grace, right? It, so, that's true. They're trying to get the like word the, out. There. It right? is. He was. He was the go to. You know, if you need a tomb cracked open, to go. <laughs> if you need to go see Al Capone's old dusty attic or whatever it was. Geraldo. Go to Geraldo. Yes. <laughs> but I get it. Their family is so upset and they just want to find out what happened. So they go on the Geraldo Rivera show on February 3rd, 1998. And the host made a plea for Steve to please be more cooperative with authorities. Can't you just see it? Geraldo with his right mustache. The, cl- the close up. Yes. And he's holding please, the microphone. Please Steve. do the right thing. <laughs> I can't keep a straight right face. Thing. Steve. Do the right thing. <laughs> you know he had to have said that. But yeah, I'll have to look up that and see if I can find the clip. That'd be awesome. Oh my gosh, yes. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so authorities visited the Bechtel's old house with a search warrant to conduct luminol searches with the FBI. And they brought in cadaver dogs, but they found nothing. So that's another good thing for Steve. This girl just like up and just poof. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. Yep. But a tip Steve had buried uh, Amy below the driveway of their would-be new home before the concrete had set also came to nothing. So he had, someone had claimed, oh yeah, but at their new house, he had buried her body there. And I think apparently they went and did either those radar, ground radar tests to see if there was any disturbance or they might actually. 
Well, they were building a house. So, I mean, I get, mm-hmm. I get why someone would be like, oh, they just poured concrete. Right. Right. You know, but. What you think? But they're also building a house. So <clears throat> that tends to happen when you're building Absolutely. a house. Absolutely. the pouring you, of the concrete. So. You do pour concrete, but they didn't find anything there. And in late August of 1997, you won't believe the links they went to, which it's kind of amazing that they did all this, but the FBI requested satellite photos from NASA. Um, Jeez. I know, of the area on the day of Bechtel's disappearance, because they were supposedly taking photos of that area, and even Russia was taking pictures of that area at that time. Wow. <laughs> so they So if she those. was out there, you'd think. You'd think they would find it. But yeah, the Russian space station Mir also gave them their photos, but they revealed nothing of value as cloud cover had obscured the area of interest. I know. Can you imagine? Stupid clouds. Could have solved everything. So you remember that story I told you about Little Miss case? Yes. Yes. Lisa Kimmel, who went missing. Yes. A tip came in from a nan. A nan. A man. A nan? Yes. Nanny, a man named Richard Eaton, who told the sheriff that his brother, Dale Wayne Eaton, may have been involved. Dale was the guy who they think is a serial killer who took Kalisa Kimmel during his crazy rampant creepiness. Are you serious? Yes. But the investigators ignored the information as they were focused on Steve at the time. Because they were laser focused on Steve. Oh, God. And by not pursuing the lead, they may have allowed the notorious Great Basin serial killer, as he's called, to get away. As on July 30th, 1998, nearly a year after Amy's disappearance, he was finally arrested for another murder, which was Kimmel's. Yeah, Lisa Marie Kimmel's. Oh my gosh. This is the guy with the bus? Yes. The creepy bus dude. Oh my God. I know. Creepy bus dude. (sighs) Yeah. And Richard Eaton knew that Dale had been camping in the Burnt Gulch area at the time of Amy's disappearance, which is near there. And coincidentally, this was a favorite hunting and fishing spot of the brothers. Oh, boy. This is a bad sign. Yeah. In June of 2003, so many years later, a watch believed to be Amy's was found in the middle fork of the, okay, this word. Popoagi is how it looks like it's spelled. Popo. Pio Pio. Popo. Agi. A-G-I-E, but that is not how it's pronounced. It's Paposha. Paposha. Like Du Bois? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) I know, and I'm like, well, this is obviously a Native American word, but... So in Wyoming, do they just see words and just go, you know what, I don't care what it's supposed to say. I've decided (laughs) this is how it's going. (laughs) It looks like Popoagi, but it's Paposha. Sure, okay. I know. A watch that was Amy's was found in the middle fork of the Paposha River, but some bones were found near it, but oh. they were later found to be from an animal, so they weren't her either, and they have not been able to determine if the watch was indeed hers. They believe it was, but she was- Well, are there a lot of watches hanging out out there? <laughs> I mean, is this like it's a popular place? Is this a popular place for people to just ditch their watches? I don't know. I mean- Right. She disappeared from near there. There's a watch that looked like hers. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just call it hers. I know. She was legally declared dead in 2004. However, she's <sighs> still never been located. Oh, geez. I know. And then in 2010, a detective traveled with an FBI agent to Colorado, where Eaton is now in prison, 
or was in prison at that time, but he refused to speak with them. And with the threat of the death penalty no longer hanging over him, the investigators didn't have any leverage because he currently wasn't. Oh, you didn't want to brag even though there was no. I know. Just say, hey. Um, But yeah, he was the one who they think was responsible for the murders of at least nine women in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and Nevada. She's still unsolved, never found the body. It just makes you wonder. And, you know, they they had searched and searched his place and his property and her body wasn't there either. So, no. And he didn't have a motive or anything. They didn't find anything. He was just a creepy, (sighs) creepy ass, gross guy. No, not the husband. Oh, he wasn't a creepy ass, gross guy. No. He just wrote really (laughs) shitty lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) He wrote creepy lyrics. That's all. No. Just... Yeah, they didn't, they thought, I think they were trying to say that they were fighting or something and he took her out, but really it doesn't sound like he would have the opportunity. He was off with a friend. They had their dog with him. Right. And, you know, I mean, he gave her that laundry list of things to do. I mean, obviously he <laughs> needed like, her. this done. Yeah. Because he's like, we have so much to do. <laughs> go get stuff And done. I have to go. I have all these, these rocks aren't going to climb themselves. <laughs> so I need you to do all this stuff. I mean. You know, he really, he, he didn't have a motive to get rid of her because no. then he was going to have to do all that stuff himself. Exactly. So, so after, you know, she had been planning that big marathon and they ended up having the marathon anyway in her honor. And so everybody ran for her. It was sad to see all the photos of Aww. it. I know. Still no resolution. So, Dang. Yeah. So that's the story of Amy Rowe Bechtel. And she's adorable. I'll put pictures of her online and stuff, but. But what about my, her her, uh, her hubby? Anything ever happened he, with him? He just went on with his life and... He did. <clears throat> he did. He searched for her for years and then ended up getting remarried later on down the road. And I do think they have some kids, but he, I think he moved away. Okay. But yeah. I, yeah, it would be hard to... I know. To stay. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. But I think he continued on with like the competitive climbing and all that kind of stuff. So, but I know, sad story. That so. is a sad story. I know. We need happiness back. We need to put some, we need, we need some more ostriches is what we need. We need yes. Amy. Some ostriches. She was too straight legs. She was like normal right. and awesome. And we should start. go dynamiting. We should go dynamiting is what we Maybe should do. Maybe we'd find her. That's a good idea. Let's go up to the Come on, let's National all... Forest. Yeah, we'll bring some dynamite. Let's all go. Come on. We'll be fine. I don't think that one's on fire yet. Like all around here, everything's on fire. So maybe that one's not. Oh, God. It is insane. <laughs> well, not till we get there. No. <laughs> now with we'll, our dynamite, he'll be after us now. Wait. Oh God. Did you say that? Yeah. No. Maybe you should edit this part out. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, we'll just take that out. We're not really dynamite. I wouldn't even know where you get dynamite. I have. I. I mean, although. I, I figured it was something easy to come by because, you know, it would always be in cartoons. Like, I figured it's that true. was something that you would find all the time. Yeah. Anvils, dynamite. Um, <laughs> um, what is it? <laughs> and um, quicksand. Oh, quicksand. These were things that were going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> right? But, it's true. I've never run into quicksand. I always thought it was going to be such a scary thing. But I don't even know where you find it. Like, where, where do you find it? I don't even know where it exists. It was, I know. It was such a big deal when we were kids. In right, every cartoon. I don't. And I have the it, I have the foggiest idea where you would go to find dynamite because I'm I'm assuming it's not at Target, and if it's not at Target, I, <laughs> you're I not getting it. So if it's not, yeah. All right, that's probably a good place to end, right? Yes. Sources for this episode are from StrangeOutdoors.com articles, 
Unsolved Mysteries, Y95Country.com, an article by Brian DeSalvatore and Deirdre McNamer on OutsideOnline.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true, but comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful. If you have a story you'd like to submit for a future episode, please email it to odfmpodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook and Instagram at odfmpodcast. And check out our website, odfmpodcast.com, for more information on our episodes, your hosts, or general shenanigans.